Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Athena Brassfield. Dr. Brassfield has two practices in Indio and Coachella, California. They're in the desert. She serves primarily a low-income population, and she does it from a sense of mission, is my understanding. Welcome, Dr. Brassfield. Thank you for having me. So you made the decision to take care of the government-covered workers in your region. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I founded our office because... I believe that everyone, you know, regardless of the demographic or insurance plan or a level of income, you know, should have the opportunity to have access to great quality health care. And what I saw was, um, you know, those who had, you know, managed care, vision care, you know, plans were getting the customer service, the eye care technology, the high quality products. But those that were on the Medicaid plans um, were not even offered any of that. And so, you know, that's a challenge in our in our community, I think, and in our nation. And uh, it's something that I wanted to try to address. Now, you didn't start your career here in the desert, did you? No, no, I didn't. You know, I started off in the Bay Area. Um, I was a partner in a very high tech uh, area of Silicon Valley. We had the best customer service, leadership, management, sales training. Um, it was a very high end optometry practice. And it was in that experience um, that really laid the foundation for how, you know, I would ultimately uh change the eye care industry in the Coachella Valley. Um, and those experiences showed me how um, a well-oiled, you know, optometry practice should run and, you know, sort of the, the utmost highest level of all of those aspects of what we do in our profession. So then when I came to the desert it was such a stark uh, comparison, you know, just such a differential that it was um, pretty shocking. Mm -hmm. And that's really where, you know, I became motivated um, to address all these multiple issues in this demographic uh, with very little limited resources. You know, it took a lot of creativity to be able to, you know, bring that to this population. But it was from that background that I'm so grateful that I had that experience because then I could see what really needed to change in the the residents that we serve now. When you first came to the practice, there was not much there in terms of medical services. Correct. Yeah. So uh, when I started... Um, you know, I was an associate in the practice that I now own, and uh, it was very unusual to me because um, there was very little as far as medical management. However, the population that we were serving um, 
many of which, you know, had not had access to healthcare before. Um, you know, they had quite a lot of, you know, chronic medical conditions. Um, a lot of them are living below the poverty level and have, um, you know, do not have a sufficient number of healthcare providers to meet the demands, you know, for the service in the area. So there was a lot of advanced pathology. However, in um, the optometry segment where I was practicing, uh, it was really not, uh, you know, what I was trained as far as medical. So when I came in, I, I said, you know, we can really use the medical model to the community's advantage and also mm -hmm. our advantage because the way the, the system works is if you have to refer a patient out to see an ophthalmologist for, let's say, you know, uh, laser or injections for diabetic retinopathy, uh, the primary care doctor has to create that referral and then they have to try to get an appointment with the ophthalmologist. And on average, I've I see that takes at least three months, and on average, um, I would say at least 60% of the patients we refer out never actually get seen by the specialist. So they were just getting lost to follow up and lost to care, which was really, you know, concerning to me. Um, and so I said, well, as much as we can, you know, I'd love to keep this in-house because I can treat glaucoma. I can manage, you know, diabetic retinopathy up to a certain point, and that's better for our patients. And then that's better, you know, for the office as, as well. What were the steps you took to bring that to the, to the practice? Well, you know, the first thing really is, you know, any practice owner can tell you that you can't do it alone. You know, you need a great team behind you. And so the first step was really talking to the staff of the practice because they didn't know about uh, treating diabetic retinopathy or that diabetics needed annual dilated, you know, eye exams or what glaucoma is and, you know, all the different unusual pathology that we see. So you have to make sure that your team all shares the vision of the practice and where we want wanted the practice to go. Um, and so the first thing was meeting to make sure everybody's on the same page, because if you have team members that are not um, dedicated to caring for the underserved and opening up this new medical model, um, you know, you're going to have challenges. So I made sure that was very clear to, you know, all the staff and, and the associate optometrists and make, made sure everybody's on the same page. And once that occurred, the, the next step was really bringing in the technology um, mm -hmm. because we really didn't have um, much as, as far as the technology needed to monitor and diagnose a lot of these conditions. So I did invest uh, quite a large amount in bringing in technology, especially because we have two locations. And my goal was to have each location exactly the same. So, you know, that meant buying two OCTs, uh, two, you know, fundus photos, two, you know, two of everything. So, um, you know, that was a significant investment, but I felt that 
um, you know, it was necessary to make, you know, the positive changes. Um, that was my mission, you know, so that was really it. And then once we brought in the technology, developing, you know, protocols and systems to make everything very efficient, um, because unfortunately, the way it is with the lower reimbursements of this, um, you know, demographic, you know, Medicaid plan, you know, you do have to see quite a lot of patients, you know, in order to, um, to be profitable. And so to delegate a lot of that to our staff, um, as far as, you know, scheduling and testing to to make it very efficient so that we can see, you know, enough patients to keep the lights on, but also provide good care. That was, you know, the final step in making all the systems work together so that patients can be seen in, in a timely manner. Right. The conventional wisdom would say that you can't be profitable on a primarily Medicaid population, and yet you're doing it. Yeah, you know, and I'm so grateful um, to be able to do that um, because there is um, a lot of challenges working with this community. Um, And, you know, it does give you a a sense of, you know, humility and gratitude for the the life that we we are privileged to lead as as doctors. Um, But I think the main thing is if you look at it from a perspective of um, filling the needs of the patient and you're dedicated to doing that every day. Um, I've found that the money and the profitability will often follow. If you are focused on just making your bottom line and your revenue per patient or whatnot, you know, you're really focusing on the wrong thing. For me, I never really focused on that. I just focused on trying to give the best care to each patient as if they were my family member or my friend um, and filling sometimes the, the patient's own needs that they don't even know about. Um, Many of our patients hadn't had glasses or an eye exam before. So, you know, a lot of them thought, well, this is, this is good vision, I can see. But then when they see the difference, when they get their first pair of glasses, or when they have that experience where, you know, they are seen, you know, as a walk-in patient without an appointment within, you know, 30 minutes, they're you know, they're just, their face lights up and, and they get solutions to their problems. Um, you know, for me, that's just really what I've been focusing on. And I've been fortunate enough that the profitability, you know, has just naturally followed, but it's not something that I, I try to focus on. I really try to focus on uh, filling the needs of, of our patients and treating them the best that we can. And I think the word of mouth um, in the communities, you know, is spreading that, hey, these these people really care about us. They're providing care to, you know, those of us who, who need it most. And, and from that, I think that's where we've really been able to, to grow. It's interesting because your service oriented mission is clear when you're talking, but you've also found other ODs who want to work with you in this setting. Right. Yeah. You know, 
I'm very fortunate uh, with that. Um, my goal is to attract associates um, so that I can teach our future generations how we can make positive changes in the lives of others through our daily work. I think most of us that got into this healthcare field, um, that's why we started, you know, um, but then after we graduate, a lot of times we're looking for, you know, the place with the most money or where is it, you know, closest to, you know, my family or an airport or where, where's the good, you know, schools for my kids. And we sort of lose sight um, in what we started for. Mm. So when I'm uh, recruiting associates, you know, I make it very clear that, you know, the type of doctor that I'm looking for for our practice, you know, shares that vision and um, that mission that all people, you know, deserve to have the opportunity to have access to great quality health care. And I make it very clear to them that the challenges um, and the obstacles that we face uh, with this demographic, um, but also the rewards that we get, um, you know, giving back, you know, means a lot to me and to our associates. And we know that if we didn't do this, this population would likely go uncared for. And so having, you know, that being at the forefront of, you know, why they want to come and join our team is, is really important. And I've been very fortunate to find associates who share my passion about practicing that. And you brought some really great jobs into the valley this way too. We did, yes, because we've been growing um, rapidly. You know, I believe we've tripled or quadrupled the amount of um, staff that we have, and um, you know, we don't find anybody who really has a lot of experience or training. I found that it's more beneficial to the community and uh, to our patients to hire from these communities and provide on the job a training. So we employ and inspire, you know, about 27 um, men and women from these communities and we're able to train them and give them tools that they need to become professionals because a lot of times, um, you know, their parents were not in the medical field. They have uh, no previous experience being in an, in an office or professional setting. It's more of the, the service industry as far as, you know, um, fast food or uh, maintenance or cleaning, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, that's that they've been in before. Um, but in order to you know, help advance their careers and their life and give them a different perspective on what they can achieve, um, you know, that's also really rewarding. And they're very appreciative. And uh, they get it, you know, when they see our, our patients who work out in the fields and, you know, and have certain challenges in their lives, they, they understand that and they're, they're more empathic because of that. And um, they're really excited to be able to make a difference because they see, you know, the change that we're bringing to the Valley and they're really excited to be a part of it as well. 
the the staff that you employ have pretty specialized skills now because they're doing a lot of the um, ancillary work for for your doctors, aren't they? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so it's really nice for them um, to have what I call, you know, a career. So um, we speak a lot in our office meetings about, you know, taking pride in the work that you do and understanding the role that each of our staff members, not only just the doctors, but everyone from the receptionist to the optician to the lab manager, you know, the role that they're playing in making a positive difference in the lives of others. When you took over the practice, Dr. Brassfield, was it already two locations or did you add one? Yeah, it was already two locations. Um, however, the the second location in Coachella, which is um, even more uh, remote than the, the India one, was only open, I believe, three days a week at that time. So we have been able to grow that to be, you know, five days a week. And we are looking to expand that even more by adding another few days a week or also another doctor so that we can see more patients in that area. Um, it's, it's like I said, growing by word of mouth very quickly. And oftentimes um, the volume in that office um, per doctor exceeds um, the Indio office, which has been there for over 30 years. Uh, the Coachella office is more um recent, it's been about 10 years that office has been open. So it's it's great that, you know, they understand the customer service and, and um, the experiences that they get um, is is exceptional and, and that's leading to our, our rapid growth and popularity. So you're not originally from the Coachella Valley, but you've really become a member of the community. Right. You know, I think it is uh, very important um, to engage with the community also outside of the clinic. And I feel that's also where I can have even more of an impact and understand, you know, the community that I'm working with and living uh, in. So I think it's very important, you know, for us as optometrists to volunteer in, in the community um, so what I often do is uh, I speak at the the boys and girls clubs out in these rural areas, sharing my story of, um, you know, where I came from and how hard work and, and dedication and goal setting um, made a huge difference in, um, in my success as well as the role of education and the importance of it um, because many of the the children in our community um, don't go on to college they they do trade um, or service um, occupations but I always want to be a role model for those who think that hey maybe I could do that as well and I do think it is important because we do need more doctors who want to serve, uh, the underprivileged community. And if we don't talk to the individuals from these communities about how it can be done and motivate them to pursue that higher level of education, 
those are the individuals who are more likely to return to their home communities and continue, you know, serving uh, the population that they came from. Uh, so I think that that's really important um, to plant that seed that giving back is very important and you can do what I do a- as well. So talking to the children and in the boys and girls clubs is something I do often as well as doing uh, career days throughout um, the middle schools and high schools in, um, in the area. Now that message to the children sounds like it's, um, one that you might also share with your colleagues. You've been in both a you know high-end, high-income demographic, and now you're in a, a low-income demographic, but the rewards are the same? One thing that I share with them is that um, for me, you know, working with this community has been more rewarding than ever because uh, patients that have very little sometimes are very happy and they're so appreciative of having someone to help them because in the past they haven't had access to healthcare providers who um, care and are readily available and will go out of their way to make that experience for them a positive one. And so the ability to really change someone's life through, you know, something that we do every day is, has been amazing. And it really does put things in perspective uh, for me um, that, you know, we should all be grateful for the life that we have, no matter how much or how little. And we should always, as, you know, practitioners, um, be making sure that we can do whatever we can to make a positive change in the lives of others. And for those that don't have as much, those changes, I think, make a greater impact. That's lovely. You can... uh here in in your story and in in how you share it how this uh has has become a real passion for you thank you so much for sharing your story with us thanks for having me on thank you for listening i hope you join us again next time on wl voices if you'd like to be part of our podcast series please contact us you can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.